Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. Overlooked and disregarded, many of the final resting places of African Americans have technically gone missing since the Civil War. Esri senior writer Karen Sullivan recently reported on this legacy of neglect and a new initiative that's been introduced to document these historic burial grounds. The time is urgent for remediation, she says. Before land can be developed, before climate change and flooding and extreme winds cause more damage, it's important for families to be able to know where their history is recorded and to ensure that it is recorded correctly. Ezri Shariba explores why this work is urgent and important to all Americans. Karen, welcome to the Esri and Science of War podcast. So first I must ask, how do you lose a cemetery? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, it, it sounds like we wouldn't lose cemeteries, but we actually do. So when enslavement was legal in America, landowners typically set aside very marginal plots of land for burials of the enslaved, and those sites were not documented in any way or mapped, and so it's very easy to lose those sites. And then uh, land for Black burial grounds continued to be scarce for 100 years or more after emancipation in 1863 because of laws that supported racial segregation. So as a result, we now have locations that are remote and largely undocumented, fewer mapped, many are very old and overgrown with plant material. And so most were never in prime locations to start with. But um, as urban areas developed and other areas developed, land sellers also sometimes concealed the location of cemeteries so that they could sell the land. So those are some of the reasons that we've lost black cemeteries. So the federal government is trying to address this with the African-American Burial Grounds Preservation Act. What can you tell us about that? Yes, and this, this is probably new information for many people. Uh, the African-American Burial Grounds Preservation Act, as you said, was passed in 2022. It sets a new precedent for how our nation values the cultural legacy and generational memory of African-Americans and their contributions to society. And so in more detail, the act established a program within the National Park Service, and that program will provide grants and technical assistance to groups that want to do this work to research, identify, survey, and preserve these historic sites. So that means we now have federal leadership in protecting and preserving Black burial grounds. And through the National Park Service program, $3 million per year will be available for this work uh, to preserve the sites and to also interpret historic African-American burial grounds. Why is this act so significant to the African-American community and to American history in general? We can be sure that an interest in preserving Black burial grounds has existed since the first enslaved people were brought to this country in 1619. 
Black burial grounds are very important to Black Americans because so much of their identity and ancestry was removed during the period that we know as uh, slavery. So um, most Black Americans have last names associated with a plantation owner or a plantation. Ancestry was often lost for good as enslaved people came to this country from Africa. So that makes any uh, connection to their ancestry more important here in this country, and, and that includes Black burial ground. Staying connected to the ancestry and the family history and the community history that, that still exists is very important to Black Americans. And as these cemeteries are lost or have been lost, those ancestral ties have become even more fragmented. So this is the reason that the African-American Burial Grounds Preservation Act is so important. In your article on this topic, you told the story of coffins that had been so neglected that they'd been developed over in Florida. How did that play out? Yes, this is a really interesting case, um, and it really explains well uh, why this work is important. So in about 1949, the Housing Authority in Tampa, Florida, uh, assembled land for a public housing community called Robles Park Village. It purchased land um, and through either purchase or I should say through purchase or eminent domain, it acquired land that turned out to be part of Zion Cemetery. This was likely as oldest black cemetery. It was established in 1901. This area known as Zion Cemetery was broken up into parcels and, uh, and sold by a land developer. And he, at that time, he reported that all of the human remains had been removed from these acres of land. And um, the city started construction of Robles Park Village in 1951. And lo and behold, the construction crew dug up three coffins. But construction continued until the, the site was built. And later, as the community began to report that Zion Cemetery was at the location, the Tampa Bay Times did an investigation and determined that the site of the Robles community was, in fact, likely the same as Zion Cemetery. So this led the city in 2019 to commission a site assessment to determine whether this was, in fact, a cemetery. The city hired an archaeologist and learned that more than 126 anomalies, as they were called, were detected by ground-penetrating radar. So that means that um, on this site where five buildings existed, five public housing buildings existed, there were 126 burial sites still remaining. And radar showed the graves were just a few steps outside of the doorways and beneath the in the lawns of this housing community and possibly beneath the building. So you can imagine once 
Uh, you have the radar showing the location of the anomalies, which um, look like oblong spaces, uh, which would characterize a gravesite. Uh, just outside the doorways, in the lawn, and you can see by taking a picture of the an image of the housing community and overlaying the anomalies over that, you can see where the graves are placed in um, relationship to the buildings. So naturally, the residents were very disturbed by that. The city decided to take down the buildings. And um, it just shows how those lost uh, cemeteries can be associated with new development. So we know not all these lost cemeteries are related to finding a distant ancestor from the antebellum era. What's a more recent post-Civil War example? So yes, not everyone who has a connection to a Black burial site is trying to connect with an enslaved person. This has continued, and so uh, because of laws that supported segregation, uh, we have similar incidents happening to more recent dates, I would say. So, um, yes, in Tulsa, for example, uh, there was a race massacre in Tulsa in the Greenwood neighborhood. This was an area, it was an affluent or prosperous black community in Tulsa, and uh, there was a race massacre in 1921. About 300 people died um, as a mob just tore through the city, burned buildings, um, shooting civilians, and this continued over a two-day period. As in other cities that we've talked about, the community looked for a connection to those 300 victims who died within the Tulsa race massacre. That's how the incident is commonly known. And so the families and maybe congregation members of those 300 individuals, of course, wanted to find out where where their remains were, where they were interred, and to maintain those burial sites. And uh, the city was able to find an invoice that confirmed some of the 18, in fact, victims of the race massacre were buried at a location known as Oakland Cemetery. So with that invoice, a few families could begin to sort of piece together whether their loved ones or friends or uh, community members were among the 18. And I'm not sure how you could determine that, but you could at least use that as a starting point. There were reports that there were other unmarked graves, mass graves at locations around the city, including an area by the railroad tracks. And in some instances, the dead may have been disposed of in the Arkansas River. There were many different reports. With this um, invoice that the city produced in 2023, the mayor made an announcement that was this link to 
some of those 300 victims. And so the investigation could begin there and start to put together that piece of history as well. So what else can you tell us about the role of applied technology in these efforts? Well, I think that is the really fascinating and positive piece of this story, that um, technology really is important to making those connections that really have been lost. And so three of the technologies that have really advanced the efforts to identify research, preserve, and protect Black burial grounds. The three technologies that are central to that effort so far are drones, um, ground-penetrating radar, and geographic information system technology. And um, that particular technology is associated with digital mapping. With drones, of course, we know we can attach a camera to a drone. And even in the areas that are remote, densely forested, or overgrown, or at sites where there has been illegal dumping, a drone can still get access to these locations, survey a large uh, tract of land. We can bring those images together within GIS technology, and then ground-penetrating radar from above. Radar can be used to survey the land in a similar way, and we can also bring those images into, bring those images together using GIS technology. And I, I guess what is important to know about GIS is that data is organized in layers. So you can start with a base map layer, and then you could put um, the drone image on top of that, and you can put the ground penetrating radar on top of that and look at those together. Just as with the public housing complex in Tampa, um, you could see an image of the, the housing community, the buildings there, and you could see the images produced by ground-penetrating radar, and together you can see where the buildings are located and where the uh, burial sites are located. So the other important uh, fact about the technology is that it allows you to do this work without disturbing the site. So when you have an unmarked burial site, you can still determine what's there without going in and digging. And that is significant for properties that are already fragile and um, needing to be protected. So, Karen, you mentioned earlier about the deadline being 2027. Is that what's giving urgency to this work? Of course, Sheree, you're absolutely right. There is, a, 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 we have legislation approved that provides $3 million per year for grants through. 2027. So that gives us a short window of time where communities can apply for a grant um, to do the research, preservation work, mapping, whatever is needed to preserve this history. We have a resource available from the federal government to help with that process. And um, 
so that's one reason for the urgency. Um, also, this work, as I mentioned earlier, is about finding our history and learning our history and preserving and documenting that history. But it's also for families, it's putting putting a name to uh, the person that they lost, to putting that person's name in a place that they recognize. So in their community, a family member is is buried at a specific place and to have that information documented. Again, in earlier parts of African-American history, names were not always attached to documents. Now we're at a time where we can attach a name to uh, a person who is buried and to document that with maps. So um, there's an urgency to do that as well and to get that done before land can be developed, uh, before climate change and flooding and extreme winds cause more damage. It's important for uh, families to be able to know where their history is recorded and to ensure that it is recorded correctly. Thank you so much for joining us today, Karen. It's been a great conversation. Well, thank you so much, Sheree, for inviting me to talk with you. And it's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Our podcast. And thanks to Karen Sullivan for explaining the urgency of remediating historic wrongs with advanced technology. If you like this episode, please share it with a colleague.